Yo, what's up? This is Will Blackman, and this is Upsets and Underdogs, presented by WinBet. Uh, this is the show where we dive into the world of sports betting and discuss the best lines, the top props, and of course, the most intriguing underdogs. Today, we're going to recap what went down in week one and discuss what we learned. And we learned a lot. But before we get started, there's something exciting I want to tell you about. You know me, I'm a storyteller. I love telling, I love telling stories. I'm a big historian. Every other Friday, starting this week, we're going to be releasing some exciting audio-only narrative episodes. Totally different than the episodes you've seen so far, but just as fun. Each episode will dive into a tale of the biggest underdog sports stories of all time. Get ready because I'm going to be taking you on some journeys. We're going to travel through time. This week, I'm going to tell you about one of the biggest underdogs ever, the 1968 Jets. Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, the scrappy AFL squad trying to prove their worth up against the behemoths of the NFL in Super Bowl three. Believe me, it's a wild story. If you didn't live through it, there's a lot you might not know. One, how did they get there? Two, what went down? And three, was their coach really named Weeb Eubank? Yeah, he was. Listen in on Friday and I'll tell you all about it. The NFL season is here. Kick it off right with WinBet. On the WinBet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. Who will be the last team to win a game? What about the last team to be undefeated? I know I got my guesses. You can find all those odds on WinBet. Oh yeah, and don't let me forget, it's the best place for NFL parlays too. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get right to it, man. This was week one, probably the most exciting time in all of sports. Week one of the NFL. I remember all the times where we got, I got ready for week one and was nervous, excited, anxious, all of the above. And not playing, it lived up to the hype. Actually, I woke up in the morning my my football clock, my body football clock was weird. I almost felt like I had to get up and get ready for get my pregame meal. Yes, this is three years after I've been playing. Three years retired, I still feel like that. But it's been crazy, unbelievable games. I feel like the I feel like the playing field is so even across the board. Everyone's mindset is different. Coaches are are fired up. Um, they're anxious they're screaming and yelling players are screaming and yelling it's just week one is just madness but speaking of screaming and yelling there there was one particular video that that ended up circling around social media and it was Detroit Lions right it was their defensive back coach Aubrey Pleasant who actually I got to play for in Washington he was lighting up his defensive back Jeff Okuda I mean I never seen Aubrey. I seen Aubrey mad, but I never seen Aubrey that mad. And usually, especially in our society now, when when things start flying around the media, especially for Coach Jalen, like I think it was, um, gosh, I can't remember the other coach that got in trouble. Oh, Trent Dilfer, when he screamed at the kid. Now it's different. Trent did put his hands on the kid, but in sports where where the mentality and it's and it's so aggro, like someone's gonna get yelled at. And when this video run around went around, I was like, okay, I hope they're not going to try to like pinpoint 
Aubrey as the bad guy because I know what kind of coach he is. He literally, he's, he's probably one of the hardest working coaches in the building. He loves every single player. Like he treats them like that's their kid. You know, even though like we were around the same age, he literally gave everything to me in terms of to get me ready for the game. So when he was lighting up Jeff Okuda, I was like, okay, I'm going to chime in ASAP because I know what kind of coach he is. And he's the type where he's going to win your heart first and then he's going to coach you hard. And that's how it is for me as a player. Yes, you don't want to get yelled at, but you, you, you should be able to tell the difference between if a coach is. If a coach has an ego when he's yelling at you versus a coach who wants you, he has your best interest and he's yelling at you. Because if a coach has an ego and he's trying to cuss me out, like, I'm not with that. Like, I'll cuss him right back. I'll cuss him out right back. No question about it. But if I know he has his best interest for me, in me and he wants me to succeed and he cusses me out because I truly messed up, then I get it. And it's funny because that video went around and then... I actually found the other video of after he yelled at Jeff that he consoled him. That's the relationship. So everyone is like, oh, he's being a bully. He's da da da. I'm like, guys, you don't get it. You, you don't get it. So that's that's the thing, man. Like, we'll all grow men in the NFL, but people have to understand, is it ego or is it love? So that's what I'm hot on this week. I, I had to address that because Aubrey's my guy and I am not going to have that be spread out there about him that he's like this type of coach. He's a wonderful coach. All right. I cannot continue the rest of this show without bringing my dog. You guys know who he is. I introduced him last week to you. It is the gambling Greek, Nick Deus. What is the word? What is good? Yeah. Well, what's going on, man? I love that intro last week. I got to say a lot of my friends really, really lit me up when you called me Alfred. But hey, listen, we can't. We've been called worse, so I pre, I'll take that comparison. That, that's not even bad. Alfred is good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It's good. Like I said, who does who does who does Batman go to when he's like he's not sure he doesn't know, and who ends up who's always right? It's Alfred. That's a right? lot of pressure that you're putting on me right now with the always <laughs> right. But you know what? I'm gonna try to live up to expectations. All right, we'll get right into it. We're gonna get into our underdog pick of the week. Last episode, Nick and I made our underdog picks of the week. These were the underdog teams that we thought had the best shot to win. So let's see how we did. Uh, yes, I um, I picked the Browns. I had to. I was so excited with the Browns. I picked them. They were six and a half underdog to the Chiefs. And the Chiefs won. The Browns, they were in control the whole game. The entire game. The, the tough thing is when you when you go against a team like the Chiefs, like they have played in big game situations. So if it's going to come down to one possession, if it's going to come down to them needing a turnover, them needing a touchdown, needing a field goal, like they've done it. You know, after the game when Pat Mahone, Patrick Mahomes was interviewed, he was like, "Man, it, it was crazy. You know, it was rocking here. It felt like the AFC Championship game." Why did he say that? Because I can't remember the last time he wasn't in the AFC Championship game. Um, so, yeah. And other notes, Tyreek Hill went berserk, right? 197. Kelsey, that's what it was for them. It was, yeah, it was, it was either Kelsey, it was Hill. It was, it was either one. They were just getting the ball to those two guys. They combined for 17 of Mahomes, 27 completions. And that's what happened. A lot of mistakes, too, for Cleveland. 
the punter apparently had popcorn before he went out there and punt the football <laughs> and dropped that ball. That was unreal. You know what sucked too about that is that after the after the game, they put the camera right on the punter. Like, damn, bro. Like that sucked, you know? Um, and then Baker was playing well. And and what we want to see out of Baker is like, man, can he seal the deal? They did everything perfect. They they're fifty percent run, they're fifty percent pass. Nick Chubb went off. Baker had an outstanding game until the end. He threw that pick. Okay, in terms of betting, right? So I put my emotions aside. In terms of betting, Nick, what did we learn about this game? I think you were a little too hard on yourself, Will, because <laughs> yes, the, the Browns didn't win outright, which is what we wanted. However, right. if you bet the spread, they did cover. They covered For the six sure. and a half points. And the one thing about betting, sometimes the purest number you could get, Will, is that opening line that the sports book puts out because it hasn't been influenced by public perception narratives that you create in your head because that's all what sports betting is that's what what i do (laughs) that's what i do i get in my head and i try to think logic you know and i'll explain later why my logic does not freaking work (laughs) this might be one of the the toughest bars that i'm going to tell you will and it's bet numbers not teams look at you a bar here we go (laughs) listen man i got a wu-tang shirt on you know i'm all do you really oh that's you know what 1993 first album 36 chambers we'll talk about that later anyhow so nick let's talk about your underdog pick of the week uh which actually ended up being our upset of the week so let's let's get into it let's talk about our upset of the week steelers plus 230 over the buffalo bills nick celebrate talk about the steelers beating the bills why did you think this why was this your upset of the week and underdog Again, going back to the take on public perception, what was the whole lead up into this season? Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen winning the MVP. And then everybody was off the Steelers. New offensive line is Big Ben Wash. It was also a concern that I put out to you, Will, last week, too. And you hit a home run on wondering if TJ Watt was going to be active for that game. Because prior to our recording, we didn't know about the contract situation. Dude gets the bag over a hundred million dollars <laughs> and then gets two sacks. They didn't practice all week. Sack that, that's when you're a baller. You're a baller when you get a hundred million dollars, <laughs> let alone not practice it. It's funny because his agents wanted to give him more money and he was like, nah, man, I'm cool with a hundred. Like I'm good with that. I don't need any more. So that's uh that was uh, outstanding. Uh, some other things in that game, uh, Minkin Fitzpatrick, I, I think he's going to end up being the one of the best defensive backs of all time. He's, he's just, he doesn't find the football. For some reason, the football finds him. It's like, like Charles Woodson or, or Ed Reed. That just it, it just like hits him in the face. I know they were excited to have Devin Bush back. He was a huge um, loss for them last year, even though they were they still did well. Like you mentioned, T.J. Watt came back, and and I just feel like with, with a team coached by Mike Tomlin, despite whatever is going on with that team. Despite any kind of drama, and there's been a lot of drama, even, you know, Big Ben's issues back in the day or A.B., Le'Veon Bell, whatever it is, he finds a way to get his team to play. He had his worst record was eight and eight. He's never had a losing season in, I think, what, 13 or 14 years. So, I mean, that was a good call. And I'm sure and I'm sure not just you. I'm sure you ignore the narratives. Like you said, numbers. I'm sure the Steelers heard the narratives, and that's why they came out. 
So, Nick, uh, let's recap uh, about the largest underdogs. So talk to me about these. So we touched on the Steelers. They were the biggest underdog for the whole week. Dolphins plus 165 beat the Pats 17-16. The Saints with a, I mean, utter domination of the Packers. <laughs> Good call on the Winston in Florida. It seemed like dude just felt at home. Didn't he? <laughs> Well, he threw five touchdown passes, and it's the least passing yards in a five TD performance in NFL history. It's crazy because I saw it. I was like, before he hit the fifth touchdown, I was like, gosh, he has 93 yards and four touchdowns. That's efficient. <laughs> Eagles beat the Falcons plus 150. Texans I didn't see home. that. Texans at home plus 150 over the Jags. Cardinals, Kyler Murray just running wild, plus 130 on the road against the Titans. And then my favorite pick of the week from last week also were the Bengals plus 135 over the Vikings. Had to go into overtime, but I know those Bengals stuck out to you too. I saw some of them tweets. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to roll right into the Top Dogs recap. Speaking of the Bengals, they they look outstanding. I was just, again, I mentioned how I was excited to see Joe Burrow with his receiver. That was the obvious choice. I'm going to be redundant. When you saw the production they had in college, like why would you not why would you not want to bring that to the league? Right? So yeah, game one, the Bengals beat Minnesota. Minnesota is that team where I just I just don't understand, you know? It's kind of like I mean, they're my dark horse, but it's just there's just something about that team I don't get. It's super cool to see Jamar Chase. Again, that's how you see how the media is, right? He just said the the NFL football is hard to catch. It is. There's again, there's no white lines. When that ball is spinning and you got tons of traffic, you can't really see the football. So it is more difficult to catch. But apparently it's difficult to catch him because he he lit up my homeboy Bashar Breeland. Uh that was tough, but it was it was so easy and it was cool to see them play. Um and I, I love their receivers. Higgins, like I said, Chase. And yeah, my tweet was, these guys are running precise rush. I just seen them having their one-on-one matchups, and they were just cooking dudes all over the field. And then Joe Mixon just went berserk. Joe Mixon's on my fantasy team. I like to let people know that. Um, And then Adam Thielen, like, he looked good for Minnesota. But I just felt like, yeah, it, it was just a great win outside of betting just for Cincinnati alone. So about this game, what are some gambling takeaways from this game? Joe Burrow, despite losing games in his career, Will, is now 4-0-1 against the spread at home as a Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal. And one of my favorite, favorite moments of that game was that fourth down call, the play action, the sort of over-the-top lob to the tight end. Because, Will, when you have a quarterback of that magnitude, I think it does so much than just, yeah, you execute the play. But it just shows your fan base. It shows your team that this is my guy and I'm going down with the ship. So to run a play action right. there, to hit the tight end, to really ice the game, to put him in field goal range, that was just, I was just so hyped. Yeah, I had money on them, but also I was excited <laughs> because that's right. what you, I want. You want to see him do well. You want to see that carryover from college to the pros. You know, he's arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in college. And I'm glad they ran that play because I saw the fourth and one in Buffalo where Josh Allen threw it backwards, and that play got killed by Pittsburgh. All right, our game number two, the Saints just 
went to work against Green Bay. This game was in Jacksonville. This game caught me off guard. I looked up and Aaron Rodgers had 20 yards passing at one point. Uh, the Packers were minus four favorite in Jacksonville. Jameis, I, I love, I love this, I love this pairing with Jameis Winston and Sean Payton. I feel like I put a tweet out there. I feel like Sean Payton saw the goods in Jameis, brought him over to New Orleans, and was like, "I'm going to coach him better than Bruce Arians did." Because if you look at the good things that Jameis does, in terms of He's really good in the pocket. He has an outstanding arm. He's extremely confident. Apparently, he needed LASIK surgery because he couldn't see. And I don't know. And he just has this drive and his will and his and he's positive. And he, and, but he's also able to withstand any kind of like drama and noise. I mean, people have been talking about him throwing 30 picks ever since he threw his 30th pick. And so I think it is, it is super cool and outstanding to see just the the process, right? He comes to New Orleans. He sits behind probably the most accurate quarterback of all time who doesn't throw any interceptions. And he gets to sit there and watch and learn that. He gets to learn from also one of the best coaches in the NFL. And you saw the product. But my, my, my final thoughts on this game is, you know, I think with Green Bay, this might be a game they just they just take the L and just go back to Green Bay and just deal with it. However, on the opposite end, I think I still think this was a legit win for the Saints. I never put anything past the Saints simply because of one man, that's Sean Payton, right? When Drew Brees wasn't in there, Bridgewater came in, won five straight. You know, whoever's in it, they they just find a way. Either the special teams comes through, the defense comes through. For some reason, they just collectively find a way to win games as a whole. So in this situation, sure, they're missing some top receivers. I'm thinking, like, who's he going to throw to in this game? Yes, you have Alvin Kamara, but Sean Payton is such a such a wizard in terms of what can I do to help us out? Defensively, they went to work, right? Special teams, they had some amazing returns. Therefore, Jameis had great field position and did not have to do much, right? He barely he barely had 100 yards and five TDs. So Green Bay, they should bounce back, but I'm concerned defensively with their new coordinator, Joe Barry. Um, are they going to be able to pick up his system in time? You know, they, they made that change because defensively, they weren't it last year, so... We'll see if Joe Barry can fix that. And then for the Saints, can they continue to be consistent with that? And I believe they will. Now, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at WinBet. So before we go any further, I just want to remind you, on the WinBet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, our last segment today is called Bad Beat or Great Win. We're going to discuss some situations that came up this week and what we can take away from them gambling-wise. 
then we're going to come at you with some crazy hot takes. So first things first, let's talk about what happened in the Lions game. We call it the Lions game because it is the Lions game in the betting world, but it's the Niners who got it done. The Lions backdoor cover plus nine versus the 49ers. Nick, please, who those who don't know, and I have a lot of people in my family that listen to this and they don't gamble at all. So we're really going to need that education. Please explain what a backdoor cover is. So it's a very popular term in the betting world. It's usually when there's a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game, Will, that from a win-loss perspective doesn't really matter. However, in the gambling world, we always have those points that need to be covered. So the Niners were up 38-10. to 10. Lions scored two touchdowns, recover an onside kick, and they cover the plus nine late in the game. So yeah... The Niners probably on the sidelines are saying, ah, let them score. It doesn't matter. But if you're a backer of the Niners, you're miserable. <laughs> but if you're a Lions fan and a better, you're cashing in them checks. That game was funny because we'll watch it and it's like, okay, this game, it's a wrap, right? This game is done. And Detroit, they're just getting some garbage points, padding stats. But then next thing you know, like, these dudes are trying to really win this game. And just fans, just let you guys know, whoever's, whoever's listening, um, there will be no kneecap-biting references on this show. That's the last one you're going to get. I think that is so played out. It's so overdue. I'm done with the kneecap. No one's biting kneecaps. You can't even bite a kneecap through the, through the helmet, okay? So anyhow... It was it was crazy because they literally were coming back to win this game. I'm like, okay, I saw the the ball hit Kittle in the face on the onside. I'm like, no way. Then I saw the fumble. I'm like, no way from Debo. And they're just like going down the field scoring these touchdowns. So that was just crazy to me. The cool thing about that though for Detroit is they did have that fighting effort. They did have that fighting spirit, and that's something you just haven't seen. In Detroit, yes, they were getting blasted the whole time. But for some reason, they just had a little spark and they fought through. And I think what that did, it gave Detroit just a little bit of light. And it showed you got to see a different side of Jared Goff. The whole narrative of Jared Goff is like he has no stones, right? He, he doesn't have that killer instinct in him. You know, he, he looks like a just a, a basketball player. <laughs> You know, sitting on the side. <laughs> Sorry, he's funny. <laughs> but that's the whole thing with him. That's why McVay wanted Stafford because he felt like Stafford is that dude. He called him a bad dude, right? He never called Goff a bad dude. He called him a nice guy. And I think you saw a bad dude version of Goff in Detroit in this last game. All right, Ricky quarterbacks. They all lost. Okay, <laughs> Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, they all lost. However, they all look good. I thought Zach Wilson looked pretty good. I thought Mac Jones looked pretty good. I thought Trevor looked good. And it was well, here's the thing too with Trevor. It's funny because he he makes he, he made some cool throws, and it was one that he threw that he probably gets away with a lot in college. And Justin Reed picked that ball right off. But yeah, what did you? How did you think these quarterbacks look, Nick? I think you hit the nail on the head there at the end. How 
they realize really quickly that there are certain throws that you can't make at this level. Even the Zach Wilson interception, the dude was covered, triple covered, and right. he tried to thread the needle, and it just hit Shaq Thompson right in the hands. So, yeah, you could get away with some of those stuff against Eastern Carolina and the Maryland's of the world. No disrespect. You know, I'm not going to mention BC, Will. I'm not going to do that to you. But, you did. Well, no, nah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but you can't have that. You can't be doing those kind of throws at the next level because it's professional football players on the other end. It's not dudes that are going to go on to be teachers and accountants. Like These are the cream of the crop. Yeah, and then the other two quarterbacks that got some action, they didn't start, though. Trey Lance got some action, Justin Fields. Trey Lance, the the situation with both are different. I know they both, like, hey, they should start. I feel like the Niners staff, Shanahan, you know, John Lynch, they they have time. Like, they have time to, to groom Trey Lance. So if they want to work him in easily, they can. Now, the Bears... Nagy and Ryan Pace, they don't have time. They don't have time to groom him and get him ready. Sure, I get it. Matt Nagy was there in Kansas City when um, you know Alex Smith was the quarterback and Mahomes sat and watched. But Andy Reid wasn't going anywhere. That's a whole different story. This right here, this situation, like to have these two quarterbacks playing, I think is is crazy. I don't I don't get it. There's, there is there is no tomorrow. There's no, oh, let's see what happens next year or let's keep working them in easily. It's like, no, nah, dude, like just let them go because you don't, you're not, you are not promised next year. You do not have another year on your deal. So I thought they both looked good. Actually, what's funny is I thought they both ran like the same exact damn plays, which is funny. It's almost like Nagy was watching the Niners. It was like, you know what? I'm going to run the same thing for Justin, uh, for Justin Fields. Anyhow. All right. At the beginning of the season, everyone's always got some hot, spicy takes and big overreactions. So, in honor of that, we're each going to share one overreaction based on what we've seen. So, my big overreaction, I overreact to everything. Um, I'm going to overreact and say, Bills are going to miss the playoffs. That's my overreaction. That is my Beyond overreaction, they're not going to win the East, and they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm going to put that out there. Okay? I don't know. There was something. Some I feel like the league just saw some kind of chink in Buffalo's armor. From what I saw was almost like they were, like, scrambling. Yes, we, we praise Dabble. Great. We play, praise Josh Allen. Great. We praise, you know all the coaching staff, what they can do. But I just feel like just overall for them to come out there and just beat somebody down, like you should be able to in this league to like impose the will, they can't. Because like you said, everyone saw that narrative. Everyone heard this thing and they saw exactly what the Steelers did. Like you said, a washed up Big Ben, new offensive line. We don't know what Juju's going to do. Don't know what everyone else is going to do. Don't know what the running game is going to look like. Still got it done. So that's my overreaction. Nick, what is one big overreaction for you? Sort of ties into what you're talking about with Buffalo, and that's to be be very careful not to overvalue teams' performances based off one performance. And sports books and casinos, they capitalize the most, Will, from week one to two of any other stretch in 
all of the NFL season. And that's mostly to what you're saying and what a lot of people are saying too, where we spend nine months of no football. Right. And we're evaluating talent and teams based on things that happened in December of last year. Dude, nine months is a long time. So this so you're, is the first, you're gonna hit you're gonna hit in week one for the most part, right? Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of the things that you've been waiting for and you're excited. You got real football and then immediately first impression, lasting impression, and you just overreact. So I think it's very important to just be careful. We thought the Texans were going to be a bad team all year. They were right. the favorite, according to the WinBet app, to have the worst record in football. They win, put up 37 points. You know, they the Giants great. haven't scored 37 points since I think you played with them. <laughs> so do we now think that the Texans are going to be this dominant force? No. Probably not. But just be prepared to sort of lower expectations for a lot of these teams. But that's what happened, though. Like, like so many, so many weird things happened yesterday. Um, like, okay, the Patriots losing to Miami. You know, that was weird. The uh, the Broncos getting it done. I I believe the the Broncos could have, but they were also in a situation where it wasn't. They were unsure. Melvin Gordon. We haven't seen Melvin Gordon take it to the crib like that in so long. Uh, the Colts didn't think they were going to get beat down like that. So yeah, there was a lot of weird things that happened. Like you said, well, people have to be careful. Um, the Colts are still going to be a good team. The Patriots are still going to be a good team. You know, Green Bay, that one's going to like terrify everybody. But I think Green Bay is still going to be a good team. So no, that's that's really good to know. I actually thought about that, too. Like, yeah, week one, you don't you don't have anything else to go off of based off of what you have spent the past nine months doing. So. Yeah, one last thing I want to add, Will, is if you remember last year, the Jaguars at home against Phillip Rivers and the Colts won outright as an eight-point underdog and then proceeded to lose 15 straight weeks. So let's let's just pursue <laughs> exactly. a caution and be aware of all scenarios. All right. Before we wrap things up, let's see what the record shows. Gosh. See, I'm I'm you need to help you know, here's the thing, man. I never get flustered and I am flustered. I went one and three overall. Um, still got the Raiders to play tonight. So far, my underdog of the week, I am 0 and 1. Uh, my pick of the week, I am 0 and 1. Outside of the betting, I'm looking at my fantasy teams and I'm getting stomped. So don't overreact to me this week, fans. Okay. Don't overreact to me. I do well in the fourth quarter. Nick, how did you do? <laughs> Talk about your team. I don't even want to hear it. I think I'm going to take my earplugs out. So I went three and one pending the Raiders tonight on Monday Night Football. One and no on the underdog of the week. Had the Steelers plus 230. Favorite pick of the week, Bengals plus three. And Will, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It is a sprint. It is a sprint because I don't have time to wait. Listen, I, I, I want it and I want it now. So, you know, it's 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 all good. The thing is, like I would go in, but my 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 trash talking style is kind of um, I'm not going to kill you with kindness kind of a guy. You know what I'm saying? Like like as we go and we continue to do more and more episodes, um, I'll probably like 
throw a little jab here and there, but you're not even going to know it's a jab. Mm. You know, I'm going to try to make America feel bad for you once in a while. Um, kind of use your own strategies against you. So just beware, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I play mind games. That's my deal. I like it. I like it. One thing I'll say about myself You're not going to like it. That's my whole thing. You're not going to like it. So, so here's say you a, like it. So here's the thing, right? Just to, just to push back a little bit. I am in the Mount Rushmore of pettiness. I might, I might just ignore some of the things you say. But you can't ignore, but you won't even know what they are. I got this. And then, thing in, and then when the show ends, you're going to be like, wait a minute. What the just happened? <laughs> I got this thing in my head where it's like, you know, I, I put you on the menu and then you'll see it four or five months from now. It's like, yo, Will, remember all those takes you had? And I'll just be sending you some gifts, a couple clown masks, you know, things like here's, that. Okay, okay, listen. Here's the thing with the clown. I think the clown mask is the dumbest emoji in the world. Like, I get sent clown masks, like, in my DNs. I get sent clown masks for, you know, for my, my takes, whatever I say. Guys, when I see a clown mask, I laugh. That's what clowns are for. Laughter. Like, the clown mask... They don't insult me. Now, if someone said like the poop emoji, then I'd be like, damn, bro. Like, okay, I, I get it. But the clown mask. The clown mask it, is, is top stupid. three most used emojis in my phone. Is it really? Yeah. You're that guy. I'm that guy, man. <laughs> oh I'm that guy. <laughs> I got to. I'm done with you, man. All right. Before we keep going, that's it for our show today. No more clown mask talks. No more poop emoji talks. That's it. That's it for our show. Next episode, though, we're going to preview week two's games and make some new picks. I'm fired up. And like you said, I'm ready to take Nick out. It's going to happen. You're not going to see it. It's stealth. It's sniper style. This has been Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe. Throw us a rating and review and tell your friends. I will catch you next time. Peace out.